0: Hello, my name is Andrew, and this is my wife, Daisy. Hello. Welcome to the Transform podcast, where we tackle difficult questions uh, related to the Christian faith. Uh, We're grateful for your uh, support. Uh, Our first podcast generated over 100 listeners, and so we're grateful that you're interested in this. And if you are blessed by anything that you hear here, uh, we want to invite you to subscribe or follow on your podcast app, and share it with anyone you believe could benefit uh, from this. Uh, we believe, uh, as we stated in our first one, in Jesus. So we're, our presuppositions are always laid out on the table. Everyone has presuppositions. We're just stating those up front. Yeah. Uh, we also are pro-life um, and um, so, But what you can expect, though, from us is that we do welcome all beliefs to our church. We do welcome all people to our church. Everyone's invited uh, to our church, our school, our early learning center. Uh, we are friends with a lot of people that we disagree with. So we don't believe that um, you need to defriend everybody if you disagree with them, but rather that you can have friends uh, that have different points of view and you can still love each other and agree to disagree. Yes, Um, absolutely. And then with that said, we also invite you, if you're on the fence about Jesus, to consider where you stand on Jesus, to consider if he is someone uh, that meets the claims that he made. He Mm -hmm. said he was God in the flesh. Uh, One of the best things that you can do in your life is to figure out if what he was claiming uh, is true or not, because he was claiming to be God, Uh, he was claiming to be the savior of the world, and he was claiming that in the end, he's going to be the judge of every person's conduct on this, lot, on this earth. And so those are some pretty big claims, don't yeah, you think, yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> okay, so we should probably uh, figure that out. Um, the last two episodes, we covered what does Jesus say about abortion? If you missed that, uh, that was kind of our intro. And I would invite you to check that out. And then last week, we covered our pro-life people, just pro-birth, or are they really pro-life post-birth? Do they help people after birth? Um, that's a common question that we get, isn't it, Daisy? Yes. Uh, so I think what you'll find there is some, is some stuff to help you if you get asked that or if you're wondering that. Um, but what we could say is Christians have started pregnancy centers likely in the city that you live in. Yes. Correct? Also, Christians, according to Barna Research, have more adoptions. Than others, also according to Pew Research Center, Christians donate more to nonprofits. That one doesn't shock me because we're commanded to, and so we're not relying on being taxed to help other people, um, but rather we believe in getting the the credit or the merit of making an offering to nonprofits to help. Yeah. So, uh, you can check those last two episodes out if you're interested. But today, what we're going to cover are Common asked questions to pro-life people, and they've been coming, haven't they, Daisy? Yes, they have. All right, so they've been coming on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you uh, are frequenting on social media, or your friends, right? And we're going to hit some of those questions. You ready? Yep, sounds good. All right, well, let's roll. Here we go. Daisy, here's the first one. Okay. How is being pro-life pro-woman? Yeah. Because isn't it taking away women's rights? Yeah. To isn't it messing with a women's reproductive rights? Yeah. Go.
1: Yeah, That's a big question. That's one that you hear a lot. So um, I think when we make abortion the norm, it is actually not pro-woman at all because we're expecting in the society that a man's body would be the norm in the society. And that a woman, in order to be as important, as legitimate, as um, successful, needs to operate like a man. Mm. And um, God's gifted all of women with unique, um, a un- unique role in this society, mm-hmm. a unique ability to bear children, a fertility that a man doesn't have. It's very different from mm. a man. And so we're wow. expecting that each woman would be able to... Um, be able to just leave a pregnancy behind so that she can operate like a man in this society. Mm. And um, I think that we really need to value the unique role that women bring to to, to this world, to um, each one of our cities and our churches and our societies, and that they have this beautiful gift mm. of fertility that they can bear children and that we not ask women to be like men, but that we value each woman and what she brings to the table. Um, there's an author named Yeah, Anna Lynn Frazier, and she says, I am not content with a world where women see fertility and motherhood not as God-given gifts, but as liabilities and challenges to overcome on the path to becoming more like men. And I think mm. she just put that really well.
0: Wow. So first of all, if you're listening today, um, I'm always amazed at my wife's answers. Um, I don't know how you're going to answer these. like so. But I think w- the way you just answer that's pretty amazing and eye-opening. Because what you're saying is women have an amazing gift to reproduce. Mm. And so um, it, it is feminine. It is good. You know, it's a great thing. It's a good feminine thing to be able to procreates and mm-hmm. to have offspring you know and so um, I think that that's kind of eye-opening uh, the way that you put that
1: and one other thing I wanted to say as well is that I think that we've really glossed over what abortion actually is it's become just a talking point it's become a word but you know I I had this conversation with my daughter the other day who was struggling with some of these issues she's a teenager and I explained what abortion is and she had no idea. She Mm. was floored. She said, I just thought it was a pill that woman took. Mm. And I said, yeah, that that is common, but historically the act of abortion is an act of violence that is killing the life of an unborn baby inside its mother. It's an operation where that baby is destroyed and pulled out and she she was struggling with the idea of abortion because she thought, oh, I thought it was just a pill. Mm -hmm. I did not know that this is what abortion is. And so um, not only is it violence against women and their babies, it's violence against unborn girl babies. Yeah. At least half, but in many countries, way more than half of abortions are um, committed against female babies. Wow. And so... um, I would say that's not pro-women at all. That's mm-hmm. taking the life of millions and millions and millions of little baby girls. And that's had a huge impact on some of those countries yeah. where um, so many little baby girls have been killed. There's not, enough, there's not enough women for men to marry as they get older. It's really created some major
0: problems. Yeah, so what I keep, what I keep hearing in your answers is, instead of us fighting against a common sense understanding of design, how we're designed, what if we embraced how mm. we're designed? Yeah. What if we embrace um, being pro-family? What if we embrace, you know, how is it we create, you know, healthy families? I I think that that actually answers and solves a lot of these challenges we're going to tackle today. Yes. If we become more of a pro-family society. Yes. And stop fighting against how we're designed and wired, yeah. you know, to reproduce. I think that we're going to start to see a shift in our perspective mm-hmm. you know on this whole thing. Yeah. Um, also, I would say this, and according to a Vox uh, survey, the majority of women are pro-life in our country now, and I think that's due to ultrasounds mm-hmm. and when I say that that's simply I, I think I would have to you know be accurate because this Vox survey is is simply saying that now, due to research and knowing what is actually inside of you, mm-hmm. uh, there are more and more women that are pro-life after 15 weeks mm-hmm. along, or after 22 weeks along, because now you can see, you know, what the baby forming inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a heartbeat just after six weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, so scientifically, even without knowing God, we can just use our reason and say, mm-hmm. okay, there's a there's a human being inside of me. Uh, that is could be female, um, and so I think the majority of women are pro life in our country now, um, and that makes sense because it's if the majority of abortions are occurring to young single mothers, mm-hmm. it would make sense that the men uh, who don 't want to be committed to those women want out yeah and don 't want the responsibility, yeah, which goes back to I think a theme you 're probably going to hear a lot this morning, which is family mm-hmm. and how do we get there mm-hmm. all right I think you did great with that question Thank you here is the second one what right does the government have to tell us what we can or can't do with our bodies okay so I'll just I'll just start with that one and, and Daisy if you have any uh, piggy piggy backing to do on me uh, you can on my answer rather <laughs> uh, you can That sounds better. Um, You can (laughs) jump on here. But I guess what I would say is this. If scientifically we've already demonstrated that there's another body going on in this equation here, Mm -hmm. there's another human life here, then people have the right to live their lives in any way they choose in a free country, so long as they don't violate the equal rights of others. Mm -hmm. So if you look at some of the research on why the Supreme Court justices ruled in this direction, I think what you will find is that constitutionally, the unborn person has an equal right to life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so, it, so again, the, the question assumes there's only one human being involved. Mm. But science is showing though well, there 's two human beings involved, yeah, and also I would say this: if during COVID you were wearing a, a mask and you received a vaccine, you were acting in a pro life fashion because you believed that wearing a mask and receiving a vaccine would help to not harm another person 's human life, and you did that under government direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a, that was a pro-life decision if you did that. Um, and then in addition, if we are accepting mandatory seatbelt laws, we also are accepting that the government is telling us what to do with our bodies in order that another human being's life would not be harmed in our vehicle, right? Um, so we're all going to wear these seatbelts so that we all are safe, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think what we see is that the government actually does tell us what we can and can't do with our body, especially if it's going to harm another human life. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that, Daisy? No, I agree. (laughs) All right, well, let's keep rolling. All right. The third question I think that a lot of our friends have stated is this takes away women's rights and it forces women to have the baby even if their life is in danger, mm-hmm. even if they were raped, mm-hmm. or even if their pregnancy was a result of incest, incest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I guess I would just start off by stating, very clearly, we are biblically against rape and incest. Okay. So, and these <laughs> <Yes>. are heartbreaking. <laughs> these are heartbreaking situations that are um, extremely upsetting. Mm-hmm. Extremely upsetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Daisy how would you answer your friends that say well what about life endangerment rape or incest Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I think um, like you said these these are really hard situations and I think the way to start in any of these situations is just with love and compassion Compassion. and um, not any sort of domineering or not taking this as just a political point, but just approaching each one of these situations very individually with compassionate Mm -hmm. care, love, and um, not judgment, but just the willingness to help. And so I I would say, you know, as we go forward as a country, because everything that's happening right now is very, very new, so I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot has been figured out yet. um, We do hope that these issues are approached with love and compassion and individuality because I think situations like these do um, need to be taken on a case-by-case basis and it is hard to make just general laws that cover all exceptions to the thing that normally happens Um, and so I guess I would hope that governments as they make laws are are careful with this subject and that um, that we can make laws that everyone feels comfortable with as we go forward.
0: Yeah, and I think what we hopefully will do is is have laws that encourage human responsibility, but in the case of rape, you were the victim of sexual abuse, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Um, However, with that said, uh, according to Georgia, who has some restrictions on abortion, they already have the exception Uh, of life endangerment, rape, or incest. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I would expect conservative states that are pro-life to also include this exception. Mm -hmm. However, as we approach this conversation with our friends who disagree with us on this, I think it's very noteworthy though to state how often are abortions occurring when there is uh, rape, incest, or life endangerment. The state of Florida is actually the only state that records a reason for every abortion that occurs within its borders. Hmm. In 2020, there were 74,868 abortions in Florida. Uh, the, this table that I'm about to uh, uh, state the, the results of lists each reason and the percentage of abortions that occurred because of it. So, 0.01%, uh, the abortion was the result resulted from an incestuous relationship. So, like, right off the bat, when we're looking for exceptions to the rule, 0.01% is due to incest. I think that's noteworthy. Yeah. 0.15%, the woman was raped. And then 0.2%, the woman's life was endangered by the pregnancy. Um, And then what I would also state is, uh, if if you're currently in a state... Um, that is uh, more pro-life in its legislation. There already is the, the, the drive and the legal requirement to protect the life of the mother if her life is in danger. Mm-hmm. And so we would expect all states to protect the life of the mother if her life was in danger. And then with that said, um, 74.9% put no reason, Mm -hmm. okay? And then 20.4%, the woman aborted for social or economic reasons. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think it's important that when we're hit with this exception to the rule, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. that we know how rare these exceptions are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important when we're having these conversations.
1: I mean, I I don't want to take away, though, the fact that as, as Christians, we do believe that A life is a life. And so I think, you know, each woman, if she were in a situation like that, she would have to um, come to that decision on her own. Mm -hmm. But I I don't want to minimize that, that even in a terrible situation such as rape or incest, like we still believe that that life is created by God and does have value. And that God is able to redeem all situations. And, you know, that with faith and support of a community things like this can be gotten
0: through. I think that's you being consistent with your beliefs that we answered, and our beliefs that we answered in the first episode mm-hmm. on why we're pro-life. Mm-hmm. We're we're ultimately we're pro-life because we believe God creates life. Yeah. Right? So you're being consistent. Now, as we're having conversations with people that are not necessarily believers in God, I think that reason is also going to help pro-responsibility is also going to help in, in, in talking about the frequency of these things. Mm-hmm. And according to Martin Luther, reason is what wins the day when it comes to the two realms, one of the realms being civil law and, and the government. Um, so, we're, so we're kind of, uh, we're, we're preaching to both sides yeah. here, I think, right now. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you want to say about that mm-hmm. one, Daisy? Okay, so here is the, the fourth question that we often get. And this one, I think, is the elephant in the room. You ready for the elephant? Sure. What about poor single mothers who are forced to have babies? How are they going to afford this? How are they going to afford their babies, Daisy? Yeah.
1: And again, I think you know, we're, just, we're just getting started on a long road ahead of what will come. Um, I, I do know, like you said, there are pregnancy resources resource centers and many most probably almost all cities Um, So it's a great place to start Mm -hmm. there. There's a lot of people out there willing to help there's pregnancy resource centers that Can point women in the right direction that can help them. There's um, Millions of Christians and churches around the country that want to be able to help people in bad situations Um, when I was growing up, my mom housed a pregnant woman in her house
0: mm-hmm.
1: for, I don't know, it may have been six months because this woman didn't have a place to live. And that was a really influential thing for me growing up, knowing that that we did that. And I would say that there's probably tons of Christians who would be willing to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, pregnancy um, resource centers are right now being threatened, burned down, arson, um, all sorts of things. And these are the places that are committed to loving and caring for women. So it's a really stat, sad state of affairs right now that that's happening.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is uh, in a lot of major cities, there are all pregnancy centers that are going to provide resources uh, so that people can make... Uh, great choices post-birth. Do they want to give up their child for adoption? Mm-hmm. But if not, here are some avenues you can take to have support. Um, and then also, I think that, and I also just put a plug in for Alternatives Pregnancy Center here in Denver, where we live, mm-hmm. is a great pregnancy center that provides so much, and we definitely support them. Our church supports them, and so mm-hmm. churches are doing a lot to have that support and um and i think if more and more christians just like you said would look for those opportunities Mm -hmm. like this kind of you know we don't talk about this a lot but we've housed homeless people at our home right yeah and we did that post having children too yeah um and so what if you know, And these, these kinds of stories actually happen all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, they do. well, they don't make the news and we're not sharing that to get any credit, but, we're, but what we're encouraging, we're encouraging is a Christian community that comes alongside mothers to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Now, I'm gonna take this in a slightly different direction because this question assumes these behaviors are gonna keep happening we're gonna keep having a lot of unwanted pregnancies to single mothers. Mm -hmm. And so how are you gonna pay for it, Daisy? So, you know, like, how are you guys all gonna pay for these other people's pregnancies? That's what the question is assuming. And I guess I would say, wow, how did we get here? Mm. How could we shift the question? And here's what I would say. In 2019, unmarried women accounted for 86% of all abortions, according to the CDC. Women in their 20s accounted for the majority of abortions in 2019 and had the highest abortion rates. Now, check this stat out, Daisy. Among married women, 4% of 2019 pregnancies ended an abortion. What is that research telling us? It's telling us something we all know, that God has a plan. Okay, all right, if you're not a believer, okay, I'm going to just take God out for a second. This research is showing that the best situation for a baby is to have a mom and a dad, and all research supports that, right? Yeah. So how can we shift our way of thinking in public schools and in our educational system and in our society to say, how can we be more pro-family? Pro-family is the best thing for children. A mom and a dad are the best thing for children. And so what I'm going to start advocating and I want to encourage us to start advocating is we don't even have to bring up God, I think, with our friends who aren't believers, but I want to advocate for a common sense sexual ethic. A common sense sexual ethic which says uh, premarital sex can cause a lot of things that I don't even have to name right now, but you know what it can cause. Mm -hmm. And so... What if we embraced the beauty of uh, our sexuality and and sexual intercourse? What if we embraced that the best time to have sexual intercourse is when we're married because we have the commitment of a man and a woman together Mm -hmm. and that's the best time to procreate? Mm -hmm. What if we went in that direction? Because this research tells me single women are like, hey, I'm 21 years old. I'm pregnant and I have no husband and I have my whole life ahead of me. What am I gonna do with this baby? Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we educate on being more pro-family? Because mm-hmm. what we're saying is there's gonna be more unwanted pregnancies. How is society gonna pay for it? <laughs> and
1: that's actually more pro-woman as well because then you have men taking responsibility for their children
0: yes.
1: and their families and women having a um, stable place to have children into, and that's the best thing for the woman, the child, and the whole family.
0: Daisy, I'm just gonna state it bluntly. What if we had more fathers and less government? What if? Things would change, a lot. What if we had more men that were committed to the women that they impregnated? what would that do for neighborhoods? What would that do for communities if they said, you know, this is, you know, she's not just a piece of meat as the culture is trying to state, Mm -hmm. but rather she is a image bearer of God with dignity, value, and worth. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of this has to do with treating women with the high value and honor that they deserve. Mm -hmm. And if men just shifted their way of thinking and said, I'm going to see women that way Mm -hmm. rather than just sex objects. Mm -hmm. A lot of this would change. Mm
1: -hmm. I think this just goes back to, to a woman needing to be like a man. That fertility is not valued. It's not given the place that it needs to have.
0: If you have been blessed by this podcast, we want to encourage you to subscribe or follow on your podcast app and share it with anyone that you think would be blessed uh, by this. Um, And then also, if you have a question that you would like to submit to us, you can email us at hello at sjdenver.org. We're grateful for you. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.